This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm your host, Matt McClary, and we have, as always, a fantastic Christian author lined up to have a chat with today. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. Um, We have Isaac Portilla with us, um, who is going to be talking to us about his book, What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus. So before we go any further, I just want to say hello to our guest. Hi, Isaac. Hello, Matt. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for your work. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Now, before I have a start our chat with Isaac, um, I just wanted to let you know that um, you can have a chance to win a copy of Isaac's book, What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus. If you go over to my website, or indeed you can go down to the show notes of this podcast and click on the link there, sign up to my monthly email newsletter, And I run an exclusive competition to those who are subscribers to the newsletter for a chance to win various books um, each month. So if you'd like to have a chance to win a copy of Isaac's book, What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus, I will be doing one of those as a giveaway in a few months' time. So do head over there and sign up to the newsletter um, so that you can um, enjoy taking part in that. Let's move on. Let's say hi. Well, I've said hi to Isaac. Let us start chatting. So you have this book, Isaac, What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus. Can you tell our listeners, sort of in a nutshell, in a summary, what, what is the book generally about? Well, the idea of the book was to focus on certain teachings of Jesus that I think, or I have experienced in my conversations, uh, are usually edited in the Christian's consciousness. So, for example, love each other as I have loved you. Usually the second part of the statement, as I have loved you, is left aside or forgotten. And this... um, It has happened in many conversations and inquiry groups that I have had. And somehow the Christian becomes conformist as to how they perceive life and how they perceive the other and how they they embody the, the spirit of Christ. So at some point, many Christians start thinking that the ideal is to love each other and that is interpreted in an affectionate way. And the point, for example, that I'd make in that first chapter is that to love each other in in an affectionate way, we don't leave Christianity, we don't leave Christ, because that existed already. So um, then the, the idea is to take these sayings, as this one, and then inquiry further. You hold to the teachings, so you hold, in this case, to love each other as I have loved you, you hold to it, you don't edit the second part, and then you start exploring what 
it means to love in that way. What are the conditions? What are the type of perceptions, initiations, experiences that lead to that type of love? So that is, that is the idea, to take the uncomfortable sayings of Jesus and, and explore them now in a transformative way. Okay. Mm, interesting. Would would you say um, the the countercultural nature of of these sayings is it countercultural in Jesus's time, or because we are reading and interpreting um, what Jesus said through our own cultural lens? that it's more countercultural for our time, but it wasn't necessarily countercultural in Jesus' time. Or indeed, are these sort of countercultural both then and now? Well, first, let me say about the word uh, countercultural. Mm. I don't think we should be countercultural but rather we become countercultural depending on the circumstance in which we are. So even if in, in today's world, however we embody Christianity or Christ consciousness, however you want to call it, the way we are countercultural will depend in the conditions we are expressing that consciousness. So I don't have the ideal of being countercultural in any way. Actually, I would like not to be countercultural in any way because that would be that um, the society in which I am living is more aligned with the consciousness that I understand Christianity represents. So I think that is true in the times of Jesus. There would be communities more aligned with his message and uh, and others other forces not so much of course and today as well there are i don't think that we should think in a way that in a confrontative way we should establish ourselves in in a genuine and truthful way of um exploring what it means to to be Christian and and then if that is countercultural well that is what it what is the case. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 good. So just as we were chatting before we started recording this episode, um you mentioned that this this book is like a a self contained project that you, you've been working on. And what inspired you to write the book? The, the first... Well, actually, I didn't think about writing the book um, until I wrote an essay around the topic that I just mentioned, the saying, love each other as I have loved you. And I had other topics, at least a second topic that was uh, uh, around perfection. So it, this is quite countercultural, actually, because we are used to 
to use this expression of I am good but not perfect in a way that excuses from taking responsibility, uh, from improvement, you know, it's, it's quite uh, problematic, that statement in many ways. So the, there are two sayings of Christ that are very countercultural in that sense. One is uh, when he rejects to be called good, uh, he says only, only God is good. And then the other is his demand to uh, aspire for perfection. So be perfect like your heavenly father. So these two saints co combined together are a very strong countercultural statement that I explore in, in chapter two. These are the two ideas that I had before I made, I made the book proposal. I, I wrote an essay on the love each other as I have loved you. I sent it to uh, Professor Stanley Howard was Duke University that I had met him um, one year ago and um, before starting the book. And we had had several uh, meetings and so I, I sent it to him and and then um, asking him potential uh, ways of publishing it and then um, he suggested that maybe uh, a book could be so it started out as as an essay and sort of a so so the whole the when people are trying to identify your style of writing I look at it and think it's 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 theological in nature. It's quite academic. It's it's well researched, and there's lots of supporting information and things that that sort of come in alongside with it. Would would you agree with that assessment, or would you describe it slightly differently yourself? It is. I think it is not. Um, I didn't do it in a conscious way, and but I I've, I've been told that it is quite theological everything that I do, not everything that I write has the same style as the book. So it is quite, uh, I think it's just a quite personal and unique project. And I allowed myself to inhabit a theology that was more typical in the first centuries of the Christian era. So some people see it as, as kind of new patristic or um, mystical, but you know, not nothing that is too new. And right. um, and I, I agree explore... that. Yeah. So I was just going to say, can we just explore those um, two words that you just mentioned? That neutralistic mm. and um, mystic. What does that mean? Well. Patristic theology was more speculative and also I think it was making the right questions and also doing it slowly. So it was not trying to push a message, but rather figuring out what means to be Christian. 
if that is what you think you are at all. While sometimes contemporary theology, or at least how people think, is more, I know what it is, and I'm going to tell you what it is. And in those times, it didn't happen that way. Just for example, the doctrine of the Trinity, it took uh, three or four centuries to figure out what that was. So, um, so that's one thing. It's, it was more exploratory, exploratory and um, um, it allowed you to make questions without the need of answering them all. The other is mysticism, which is related to the experience of God. So my theological inquiry, I call it quite, that is quite phenomenological in the sense that first it pays attention to how God revealed himself to human experience. So what is God in the New Testament? God is spirit, light, and love. That is, these are the three definitions of God um, in the New Testament, and there are no others. And they correspond to concrete experiences. For example, you have the transfiguration of Christ, that is light, and you have the, the call to apprehend God through the heart in the Beatitudes, that is the apprehension of the Father. And then you have the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus. Then Jesus baptized many, his apostles and his disciples baptized others. All of those are experiences uh, quite radical by, uh, at the time because um, this is something that um, many people realize. Most of the traditions were very selective as to who was initiated into the higher mysteries. So you had to pass through a process of purification, uh, selection. Only few were given the spirit and, uh, and so on in the in the in the ancient ways so the idea of being initiated by a prompt change of heart and suddenly you are welcomed in a, in a community and you are given the spirit and everybody is some sort of equal in that way that is extremely radical in mystical history not just uh, within the judeo-christian tradition but uh, across religions. Mm, okay. And so, what draws you to theology? It is a way of, of exploring the experience of God and the divine. Explaining, it, explaining the experience to yourself, explaining to others, figuring out who you are and what means to be human in this world. So I didn't want to be a, a theologian in any way. It's just that the terminology came to me as the, the necessary uh, context. So theology was a context, context in which these uh, questions were asked, but I never thought to 
that my thinking would become so theological in that sense. Okay. All right, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Um, let, let's circle back to the book, um, What Christ Said Again. Um, so chapter eight, um, you speak about fairness and justice. Um, surely this agrees with what most of us hold as being um, a universal truth in today's culture, and that these are both good and right things to, to aspire to. So in what ways are the fairness and justice that Jesus speaks about countercultural for us? Well, I think that justice cannot be properly understood without love. Unfairness cannot be understood without grace and generosity. So that, that is to start because when we think about justice in our society, and that not only in ours, talking more globally, the feeling of justice that you are speaking about. And actually there was somebody in, in my divinity school exploring the concept of justice interreligiously. And my observation was precisely that if you do that, you realize that that concept of justice might be universal, as you say, but not all concepts of justice have grace and forgiveness included in the, in the understanding. Mm -hmm. So that is very relevant because it brings to, even to our laws, our criminal law, what mechanisms do we have to, so that grace and forgiveness are possible in a Christian culture that should be relevant, but maybe in other cultures it's not. So this is how, how I see the implication as well. It's mm. not only... I, I focus quite a bit on personal transformation in terms of mysticism and all that. But I don't see it removed from societal issues. And I see what are the implications. Although in the book, I don't explore that. So we'll be returning to our conversation with um, Isaac Portilla um, in just a moment after these messages. Hi, I'm author Matt McClary. Standing in the Storm is my story of living with faith and cancer in 2016. Packed full of hope, this book will make you laugh and cry. But more importantly, it will help to turn your heart towards Jesus and give you the strength to stand within whatever storm you may be facing. Standing in the Storm, Living with Faith and Cancer is available wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. 
So welcome back to um, the second half of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm speaking with the author Isaac Portilla all about his new book, What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus. So in the first half, we spoke quite a lot um, about your book, Isaac. Um, and one thing that we like to do um, on, on our podcast is to also speak about you as a person. Um, because... Um, well, I certainly know that writing a book is one thing, but then there's a lot more to life than just sitting in a corner somewhere writing books. So, Some, what sometimes. makes <laughs> <laughs> what makes Isaac um, happy? You know, what what makes you happy? What gets you excited? Well, uh, happy. My wife makes me happy, and um, I'm not a, a person that excites. Um... <laughs> Very much. Very easily, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very easily. Um, have you have you got any hobbies? Um, do you enjoy doing yes, things in your so spare time? Yes. So, for example, I I like very much playing instruments, mm. uh, like like you. So I I share the guitar. Okay. And I've been exploring also the piano. Uh huh. And that that is truly something that I would like to dedicate more time, although I can't because. Uh, Currently, my writing and academic work, and also uh, I dedicate a lot of time to meditation, contemplation, and prayer. So that is something that I have to do. Mm. But certainly, I try to find time for for music because I th I feel that it gives you even something that spiritual practice cannot give you. It it is some sort of um, food or nourishment for the soul, and um, and also walks in nature mm. uh, when whenever possible. Um, I find them both are quite spiritual activities. Both music, playing instruments, and walking, especially in nature. Mm. I would not exchange them from. I mean, basically, I I don't think they are just complementary. I think that are quite necessary to have a, a healthy and harmonious life mm, mm. and and your guitar is it is it um is it more like of a classical with a sort of nylon string or is it is a steel string and sort of rock and roll yeah, i what, have had i have had them all mean? okay <laughs> my first guitar my first guitar was a uh, spanish guitar and um and i learned some um, classical pieces spanish classical pieces mm -hmm. But then my true studies were in electric guitar okay. later on. Modal music, I don't know if you are familiar. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, but yeah. then I, I also bought an acoustic guitar some years ago that I enjoyed very much. So, um, yeah, it's good. So, so you're a guitar collector as well. Excellent. Good. Just like I don't me. have too many <laughs> guitars, it's just uh, some samples. Yeah, great. Do you have another job other than writing? What 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 else do you do? You said academic work. What does that mean? Well, now, now I am um, doing a PhD. I'm finishing a PhD, a PhD in divinity uh, at the University of St Andrews, and um, and I hope uh, that my work would be con uh, I would continue uh, my work in academia. 
So Isaac, I know that um, What Christ Said isn't the only book you've written. You've written other books in English, but also in Spanish as well. And writing in two languages um, is something quite novel to me, really. Um, I was just wondering for you to just to, to share some insights that you have about writing in either Spanish or English. And is there a difference in the way that you approach your writing um, based on which language it's in? Or is your approach pretty much the same? Um, are there any sort of nuances between the languages, anything like that? I think that nowadays I find it easier English just because the last seven years I've been uh, writing mostly in English. Before that, everything I wrote was in Spanish. So I have, I have had these two stages as well. I am not writing everything in both languages. What I think is interesting uh, is in which ways particular words are different in English and Spanish. For example, the word God and Dios, they have somehow a different collective uh, meaning. So you don't have, I don't have the same feeling when I say one word and the other, although they would be translated in the same way. That's very interesting. So every language has, a, has an underlying cultural signified, you know, that... And that, that, that makes quite difficult to translate sometimes because it's not just translating the, the exact words, but translating the feeling and so on. So I think that is interesting. Also, I think it's interesting how one language can influence the other. So my, my writing in English probably is influenced by my Spanish writing and vice versa. And sometimes, because the English nowadays is the world language, as I said, um, you know, it's, it's the international language. Mm. So I think that, that it becomes richer when people from many uh, cultural backgrounds start taking seriously English in an exploratory way. Oh, thank you. That I found that really fascinating because I, I can only speak one language. That's so great getting this insight into, into um, the, the differences between them. Um, where can we find you on social media or where can we buy your books from? Have you got a website or, or how does it work for you? Yes. So, so I, have, um, I have a website. It is my name and last name altogether.org. So it would be I S A A C P O R T I L L A dot org. And there you you have the link to the book. Also um, I made I may do some study groups next year, 2023. And um, if somebody is interested, they can go to the link in my website of the book. And then there is a form there and the receive news of presentations and reading groups. And they can leave their email 
and they might receive uh, some information. I mm, might do it online or maybe in person. Uh, mm. I don't know. That, that's really good. What we'll do for those who are listening and would like to get in touch with Isaac or find out more about um, where to find his book, um, we'll put a link to his website in this episode's show notes. So do have a look at the description of um, this episode and you'll find the link there and um, that'll take you straight to Isaac's website. Um, so thank you, Isaac. It's been fascinating having a discussion with you today. Um, it's It's been insightful and I've enjoyed it. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And thank you also for for this podcast series. Think, oh, thank uh, you. It's it's a pleasure. It's great supporting great. Yeah. the work of different um, Christian authors in, in a variety of genres. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your support. And thank you for listening to this episode. And we will be back again. Don't forget that um, the Christian Book Blurb podcast um, is broadcast across multiple platforms across the internet. So whatever your favorite podcasting platform is, you will find us there. Give us a like, um, follow us, whatever it is that you do um, on that platform to make sure that you keep in touch and get notified when the next episode is out. Also, let your friends know about us and do join us again. We'll have another podcast out in a couple of weeks um, with yet another fantastic Christian author telling us all about their books, their faith and their life. So thank you for joining us. And we do look forward to the pleasure of your company again really soon. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.